Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. All right, this is Dan Greaves, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck, a This Country podcast. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. (laughs) Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country Podcast. Now, first, he's a man that's just come back from Bristol, and he's going to tell us what the real world is like. It's Neil. <laughs> Hello. So, what is the real world like, Neil? <laughs> well, Bristol was... I actually nipped there last week to put my son up from uni and get him back here before lockdown. So how faint is that, you know? <laughs> I words mean, words are your tools. They are, aren't they? The of the Cotswolds. But hey, it's it's um, busy always in the real world. I'll it, talk to you one day, pal. <laughs> land of... <laughs> Milk and honey. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Now, before we introduce our superfan guest, we just want to say thank you to Chris Arkle, who's our latest Patreon peeper. Uh, he is a lethal peeper. So thank you very much, Chris. Uh, Neil, say thank you very much to Chris Arkle for us. Thank you very much, Chris Arkle. It's a pleasure to have you on board. And he's a lethal peeper. Bless his heart. Okay, now our superfan guest this week is an Oscar winner, a wizard, a meth scientist, a legendary natural historian, a teacher against the dark arts, and an old Jedi master, and more. Of course he's not really. That's about as Alan Partridge as I can get with an interview <laughs> <laughs> intro. But close your eyes or carry on listening as he could be. It's Charlie Hopkinson. Yay! Charlie. Thank you very much for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we did think about saying to you, look, can you just do one voice all through the episode and we can say that we've inter- you know, interviewed Morgan Freeman or someone like that. We, I want to get to your process uh, very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how are you first? How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm, uh, I'm getting pretty sick of lockdown, but I think everyone is at this stage. Um, yeah, like I'm just not doing anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> just making youtube videos and that's it but there's nothing wrong with that that seems to be to be a perfect life if all we had to yeah. do all day was make youtube videos <laughs> it's, it sounds perfect um 
Right. I want to start about this country first. Yeah. So um, when did you first find out about it and how did it get on your radar? Um, so I first watched it, uh, must have been about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, so I was a little bit late. I, I think the first season, it was at the beginning of the second season coming out. And I'd seen clips on Facebook and they're all very funny. So I think like, I think like a lot of people when first watched it, they saw Curtain and they just thought they couldn't get the image of um, Mackenzie Crook in the office out of their minds. Like, exactly. Oh, no, no, no. But then as soon as you actually watch it, it's like, oh, this is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, and then I was hooked. I was, it's so bingeable like, uh, that you, you're pretty much hooked from midway through the first episode. Mm. Um, yeah. So how did you find watching series one after watching series two? Um, well, I, I still watched them in order, but I, oh, you did. Uh, like it was just as season two was coming out, and I, okay. I, I was like, "Oh no, I won't watch it," and I'll uh, I'll go back and watch the first ones. Um, and I don't know. I think it gets it gets better and better. Like it starts off strong and gets better and better. So um, they've yeah, the the standard over three seasons has been really really high. So do you have a favorite series? Oof. I think I really like the the third one actually. Um, I think I think maybe the second or the third one. Uh, difficult to difficult to choose. I think I have favorite moments, favorite episodes, but maybe not a favorite series. Um, well, we're gonna have to ask about these favorite moments then. Yeah, um, favorite. So, one of my all-time favorite moments is um, the scene with Len in the um, in the garage. Uh, in like just, uh, well, I think that's like the. Uh, the cold open to one of the of one of the episodes, and uh, the bit about the tea towel. Uh, <laughs> is, <laughs> tea towel's all right. Yeah, all right. Uh... It's because he really needs a tea towel. That's the thing, isn't it? He really needs it. He needs a tea towel. Exactly. So, so where were you when it came to the second series, and we had the um, uh, going on into the aftermath? We had like the cliffhanger uh, concerning Kerry. What were your thoughts? Did you think that she was going to give herself it in or do you think she was going to dob her dad in or where did you stand um, on that? Well, I mean, I couldn't... There wouldn't really be a, much of a third season. I guess she could have gone on the inside and then come back out and that would have been a different dynamic. But I, yeah, I, I think I was... I didn't feel like it was... Um, there was any doubt that uh, she was not uh, going to dob her dad in. Um, but it was still still a good dramatic moment, I guess. Mm. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's digesting it loads. <laughs> getting moved by the whole process, Charlie. Getting moved by it. Yeah. Well, I guess it's one of the saddest bits, isn't it? The, the relationship it is. with the dad. Um, and like, I didn't I didn't realise that it was um, the actual dad um, like, and for a, quite a while. I think I, I'd seen the third season then I found that out. So... I think that's probably part of why it's so good because they all know each other so intimately, like the actors. Um, mm. Yeah. So you said you've got favourite episodes, Charlie. What episodes are your standouts? Um, I think uh, well, the first one, the pilot episode of the uh, the first season, Scarecrow, is, yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, the the uh, the plumbing of the house uh, reveal. Uh, <laughs> was absolutely brilliant. Um, what else do I like? Uh, I really like I really like the ones that where the, the nothing happens, like uh, the the oven space one, and um, 
I think my favorite line in the entire show, the one that I was chuckling about for weeks afterwards, was um, when Curtin goes, uh, Kerry is going to drown like a pig in the ocean. Uh, <laughs> that's my absolute favorite. Line, um, which uh, <laughs> just a horrible image. <laughs> <laughs> have you found, Charlie, have you found yourself using lines from the show in everyday walk of life now then? Yeah. So my brother's favorite line is, you are going <laughs> to... Um, they are going to slink into an attempted impression here. But, uh, <laughs> you're going to read your life away, you are. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, whenever we catch ourselves reading, uh, each other reading, that's the, the go-to line. Um, uh, right so when you're watching something like that and obviously it's it's in pretty much every uh character is in an accent that you you haven't got yourself mm-hmm. does does your impressionist part of your brain click in and you sort of think right let me just see how if i can work that out i think a little bit yeah like um sometimes you're just like you just sit there and you're like you're trying to say the line and you'll just find yourself trying to do the voice and then you look at them and you look at their body language and you think, oh, I could actually make it a bit more accurate if I just stood like Curtin does or if I sort of... They do have pretty distinct mannerisms, um, mm. which is useful when you're trying to do impressions. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, like there's definitely that subconscious, like... Uh, I think everyone does it. Everyone who tries to, like, do a few voices uh, will do it subconsciously and then maybe they'll turn their mind to actually, like, trying to learn how to do it. If you're going to do it professionally, I guess. Um, what, what are your favourite episodes of interest? Well, I'm with you. Urban Space is definitely up there with one of the top ones for me. Mm, mine changes all the time. It does. The, the station became a real favourite of mine, yeah. which is a very similar sort of mm. situation as Urban Space, where it's just the two of them. Uh, but I think, like, Threatening Letters, I think, is just... is. That's just got everything in it. You know, <laughs> you've got the, the, the high comedy of um, of... Curtin trying to do all the the, the building work. Yes. Kerry and Mandy together. It's just this. It's just one of those perfect half an hours of comedy. I do like. Um, I do like a lot. I don't know about like if you know, put it as the best episode. I like a lot of the lines in the um, the one where Kerry gets the England. Um, I think is it the second? Is that the end of the second season? The final one. Kerry gets the. Uh, the proper England managers. Yes, yeah. family loyalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family loyalties. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, Curtin's like, yeah, he's the uh, uh, the maid at the, <laughs> the country club. That's yeah, I'd say that's up there. And also, um, driving lesson is also a high one. Yeah, because that's got pure comedy gold in there. Uh, and that is the big fan favorite that we seem to come across a lot. Uh, right, Charlie. Now. I've watched a lot of your YouTube videos <laughs> and I have to admit, I, I, what you do, I mean, obviously you're an impressionist. Let me just say that. Is that the sort of thing that you can teach them? How do you know that you can do that? Um, is it I one voice? Is it one voice that you crack and you think, Oh, actually I think I could try somebody else or. Yeah. I guess like that's how it starts. Um, I think you can teach it. I think your natural accent will make it, like where your voice is initially will make it harder or easier. Um, I think most people can get to most voices, like in terms of if they put the work in and the practice and they learn the process or create their own process. Um, but yeah, there's some that are definitely harder than others. And 
what you're constantly around is going to make some voices like easier than others. Um, are you, would you like me to teach you one? Well, I was going to say, what, first of all, <laughs> what, what was the first one that you did that, that, that sort of unlocked it for you? Uh, Morgan Freeman. It was Morgan Freeman. Because I, I must admit, when I watched your videos, and I remember we used to do a Thursday night sort of radio style podcast, yeah. and I remember doing, I, I used to do voices, and they would, I mean, I used to do Bruce Forsyth and people like that, but they all sounded the same. It was, <laughs> it was very Mike Yarwood. Look him up, kids. Look him up. You, <laughs> no, the youngsters aren't going to know who I'm talking about. But Morgan Freeman was somebody, like, can you, go on then, try and teach us. Try and teach us, like, Morgan Freeman, because this, this is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, of all the ones to try and teach. <laughs> well, I don't know, is that, is that the easiest one to try? What's the easiest one to try and teach? Because um, maybe we shouldn't start so high as Morgan Freeman, because, yeah, you know. Uh, to try and teach. Um, so I mentioned, uh, no, I think Snape would be a, a quite Oh, right, okay. Introductory, introductory one. <laughs> Okay. Um, do you, should we start with some Snape and then? Oh, let's let's let's, yeah. let's let's give it a go. Let's Snape give it do the uh, the classic uh, Snape line. Um, roll, 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 Mister Potter, our new celebrity. Tell me, Potter, what do you get when you mix Bristlebin with Ramstein? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Right, so where do we start? Where, where do we start? start? Um, can we can so, we just 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 try the well 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 bit because yeah, I don't think I can yeah. remember the rest of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you got that, it's like it's just easy street. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah, right. Uh, just well, uh, give it give us a go without any. Um, <laughs> can you any just do the well well well? Yeah, well, just yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. Uh, are you, you going to go first, Neil, I'll or me? Go, go on, then. Wow, wow, wow. Nice, that's good. Hey, that's not bad. I feel like the pressure's really on me now. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm just getting... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I just sound like... I sound like Zippy from Rainbow. <laughs> Well, well, well. No, that was terrible. That's <laughs> yeah, so pretty good. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, what's the, what's the? Give us a tip. So that wouldn't be like that. Pre, be a pretty good starting point. Um, okay. Which, and obviously, you're sort of speaking through your nose, and mm. um, I guess like the the rhythm of that little bit is the way that he ends like the sentence. It sort of like drags it out a little bit more. So I would I would first look at like the things that are like uh people will recognize immediately so he's clearly like talking through his nose then i would talk about like how deep you would want to go so it's quite a deep voice so if you're fi- not finding the right pitch then we try and change that and then i'd start like trying to hone in on the the sort of finishing touches that are like quite tricky to pick up on like so and that's a case of just really listening over and over it to it again so um yeah, sort of the those little ticks that are very distinct to that person. So if uh, just to do it again, well, 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 like no. <laughs> it's, 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 quite, it's quite difficult because there's only three words there and all the same. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. To do, to do a full sentence, uh, Mister Potter. So like the rhythm of that is Mister up and then. 
crossbow. Yeah. And speeds it up. Um, so does that work, say, for instance, if you were going to do a line from Die Hard, mm-hmm. would you still be able to, or is it because it's specifically that those lines from Harry Potter that you would do? Is... Yeah, so if it's like, because his voice is slightly different in Die Hard, isn't mm. it? it's like uh, sort of like Germany accent, but it like it's generally like very... Very similar, and then you'll try and you'll try and pick out. Say you were doing Harry Potter and Die Hard, you would try and find one little difference, and then hit that. Like a lot of uh, the impressions are like a bit of an illusion. Like you're you're trying to squeeze in your bits that like everyone will recognise as um, as that character's. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Uh, <laughs> Like the, the, yeah, the part, the part that everyone recognises. It's all like their catchphrase or just, just not necessarily yeah, yeah. catchphrase, but it's, it's lines of dialogue that people are going to know. Yeah, and like once, you, like once you get better at the impression, then you will start saying things that they would never say, and, but you still try and maintain that same rhythm from the lines that they do say, um, which is part, sometimes where the comedy comes from, if you're saying something very, taking something very high concept and you're making it very mundane. Um, yeah. mm. So, how do you choose voices to do then? Um, generally, you, I mean, you're meant to just choose whoever's current. Um, but I, I tried to do Donald Trump, and I just like I couldn't get it because I wasn't like invested in him enough. Uh, even though it would have been quite, uh, quite lucrative to have been able to do him well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I generally, I just. Certain TV shows and films I absolutely love, so I I, t- I tend to get hooked by a TV show, and then I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to learn all these voices. Um, so one that I re- did recently was uh, Peaky Blinders and Breaking Bad were ones where I've just seen the show, loved it, and then I'm going to go and learn all the voices. So yeah, you- I must. I was going to say your Jesse Pinkman, I thought was like really good. That is, but it's I say I say that because you set seem to set such a high bar. It's like all of the ones I saw the video where you're on live on stage and you're going through like 50, mm-hmm. 50. And it's like, there isn't one that you can sort of go, Oh yeah, that sounds a little bit like it, but you know, Oh, that's really good. Oh yeah. That one's every single one of them. You cl- like I say, you close your eyes and it's like, you're, you're there with the person. That's uh, very nice to say. I'm not sure I agree with that. But... No, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm only going to go by what I hear. It just, yeah, it just, yeah, it just, it's just. Do you have to have that certain ear as well as having the voice? Um, yeah, it's like I think it's linked to singing and a musical ear and things like that. So again, like you're going to pick it up quicker if you have an instrument or a singing background, I think, um, and a, probably an acting background, um, but. Yeah, like when I watch that video, I I know when I'm, uh, I know when the ones are particularly good, and there's ones where I'm like, oh, I can just about do that and that. If you ask me to do any more than that, then um, it's going to be pretty poor. Um, yeah, it's. I get sorry, I'm getting lost in thought again. I was going to say, yeah. Existential crisis. Yeah. It's when yeah. you did that, I thought, oh, here comes Morgan Freeman again. He's going to start talking. <laughs> so, do you have a favourite impression that you do then, Charlie? I think I do, yeah. It's, um, so, I love Gandalf. Uh, that's my favourite one to do, um, which is the second one I ever did. Um, Before you do it for us, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Pav does a really good uh, 
Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that was, <laughs> like, that was it. That's it. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. That's as far as I got with that. That's as far as I got. So, so uh, come on. This is almost like a greatest hits now, isn't it? Is it? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, give us a bit of your Gandalf. Uh, um. A wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. You see what I mean? You see, I, I literally was looking away from the camera then, and it is... That that is Serena McKellen. That's that's crazy. Give him some pointers, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to do the <laughs> at, the, at the start. Yeah, I always miss eyes there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, I'm I'm glad that I could give you a little bit of advice there in, uh, in, in regards to that one. Charlie, have you been fortunate to meet anyone that you do an impression on? Um. No, I haven't actually. I think that happens to a lot of impressionists. Never happened. To be fair, I'm choosing like Hollywood superstars, so it's not really uh, fair to. Like, it's <laughs> unlikely that I'll get to meet them. Um, but if you if you were face to face, would you do the impression? Ooh, um, that's that's the question. It depends who it was. I don't think Morgan Freeman likes impressionists. So, oh right, okay. I'd um, I'd do it from behind a. Uh, behind a microphone booth or something like that, and make sure he can't get me. That would <laughs> that would freak him the fuck out though, wouldn't it? You go what? <laughs> I, think I, I think I think I saw an interview uh, one time. I think it was Jimmy Fallon, and they just go, "Do you like it when people impersonate?" And he just goes, "No." All oh, right. <laughs> Thinking is like a nice interview situation. That he's going to be really, yeah. no, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I, I think um, so. I did a I did a Peaky Blinders. Um, like I did like a, I do lots of Peaky Blinded dubs on YouTube and uh, apparently Killian Murphy saw one of those and liked it. So that was, uh, that's, that's the closest I've come to actually being able to do it uh, for them. But that's obviously not his voice. He's, that's his character's voice. So yeah, it's yeah. E- easier well, you... to enjoy it, I guess. Uh, Charlie, come on. You're going to have to give us a quick blast of that. Of, uh, Tommy Shelby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what should I say? Uh, should we say something from this country? Uh, oh my God, yeah. that's a good. Um, <laughs> see now my brain's gone completely blank. Let me, let me just let me get one. Um, okay, all right, okay. <clears throat> my dad actually wrote the song Wonderwall <laughs> on the back of a beer mat in the ice <laughs> for ten minutes. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> What's been the hardest one for you to learn that you wanted uh, to do? Hardest one... I've got the hardest one that I've managed to do quite well and the hardest one that I've just not been able to get. So the hardest one I've not been able to get is Tom Hanks. Um, never quite... put. I've put actual effort into that one and not managed to get it. Why? Uh, why? Well, I, no, I was going to say, I thought, why? But, but then what is the hook on his voice that you are able to get? I don't know. I, I've put it on YouTube and I got a bit of um, a bit of a not a backlash, but like I had comments. Like every comment is like because as soon as you put it on YouTube, there's a certain group of people that will just pick out the absolute worst one, and then fifty percent of the comments are yeah, really good, but Tom Hanks was absolutely terrible. Yeah, uh, like I, I think it's because 
I've heard other Americans that I think sound exactly like Tom Hanks. So to me, it's not distinct enough. Like, oh my God, you literally sound like Tom Hanks. But Mm. I can't pick out the difference between someone where he's from, I don't even know where he's from, uh, and Tom Hanks. And I think that's going to be a problem. So that's like the... The, my first inkling that like he was going to be harder than the others mm. i can just sort of like do i can do a port one uh which i probably won't do <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is it worth going to something like a character like woody and do it from that way yeah um i did try woody uh oh, God, should i just give it a go give, give it a go we're all friends here nobody's <laughs> listening so don't worry sure, well, as long as no one's listening <laughs> that's fine is an attempt at Woody. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Buzz. You can't actually fly. You're just a toy. What's wrong with that? Uh, that's really good. Yeah, it's, that's it's not, not that. But... So, so with something like that, then would you just put that one away, or would you just try and chip at it and try and? I'm uh, determined to get it eventually. So, right, but I, like I haven't tried it. I haven't like put time aside to like try and learn it for a, a couple of years but i'm gonna go back to it it's not gonna defeat me <laughs> so what what would you do to work on it would you sort of sit in front of a mirror would you what's your process in um, molding so it to the actual voice process has changed a bit like i've i've tried to like make it a bit more scientific in the last like sort of year two years um initially i'll just absolutely binge whatever they're in um, then I'll try and watch them in interviews if there is interview footage available. Um, so, like, if I was trying to learn Woody, I would definitely try and get hold of the um, Toy Story thing, uh, like um, the footage of them doing in the booth, doing the voice in the booth. Um, then I will take four or five really well-known clips and I'll put them together in a track and then i'll just walk around the house and i'll listen to that for like two three days and really and i'll start like trying to repeat with it and then hopefully at that point you're sort of 60 70 percent of the way there and then a lot of the times if you start a new impression you'll only get it so far in that sort of first like couple of weeks and then you should like put it away for a little bit and then come back to it because then you, you get like too close to it and then if you give yourself a bit of time uh, you come back and you can tell the differences like with the actual voice um, and you can like tweak it. And then I would, I would say like to get something absolutely perfect, it takes like a year, two years. Um, wow. Obviously no, nothing solid there, but like in terms of like just revisiting mm. every now and then. Mm. Fascinating. I find it absolutely fascinating. So who do you look up to, Charlie? Who in the impressionist world are the people that you look towards? Um, so uh, like in England, like... Uh, Alistair McGowan and Rory Bremner. I went to see Rory Bremner's um, stand-up show a couple of years ago. Um, uh, absolutely brilliant. And um, a few American ones as well. So I like because I do a lot of American voices uh, and Hollywood-based ones, uh, I find that almost like a bit more fascinating. Like uh, Jay Farrow and uh, a lot of the SNL people um, that have gone yeah. through the years. Um yeah. I mean, like, I think an impression is only as good as, like, as long as you can make it funny. So almost I'm, these days I'm less interested in the impression unless it's, like, really good. I'm more interested in, like, how they've scripted around it. Um, 
Right, so that's what I'm looking at these days. So, yeah. so is that one of the harder things to do? Is not just to do the impression, but to work out some funny material to go along with that instead of just doing quotes from movies or or yeah. tv shows yeah and unfortunately i do do t- too many of those because i'm almost more of an impersonator than an impressionist like i try and get it exactly how it is as opposed to like making the voice funny so that people like uh like over exaggerate one aspect of it um uh which is generally what an impression is like impersonation is more trying to just deliver a deliver a, um, a line exactly as it is um yeah i find the scripting quite difficult because each personal character has only a certain number of things that are in the public sphere that people know about them which narrows down what you can do with it to that so it's really difficult to do something like original with uh, a character and make it funny um yeah, and also I think with stand-up as well, trying to match it to your own experiences and like link it to your own experiences. Um, there's only so many links that you can make and you only have a finite bank of impressions. So those are some tricky obstacles Ooh. for me. On the other side, uh, you kind of it's a little bit cheating because you do the impression which people find entertaining and you've also got a joke along with it. So it's like a, a two bites of the cherry. Mm. So those are the those are the uh, the woes of being a, an impressionist. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and also probably the nerves to do that impression in front of a live crowd must be. Yeah, nice. well, what I find is actually uh, they're a lot more forgiving of the impressions on uh, in the live thing. Like you don't even need to do it that well uh, in a live environment; people enjoy it as long as the joke is funny. Whereas mm. online, they're only interested in when. <laughs> The uh, impression is exactly what it is, and they actually it doesn't actually matter so much if the joke is funny. Um, right. So, like, yeah, I don't like um, I, when when you know your joke is funny, it's easier to calm yourself down uh, to do the impression well. It's when you're thinking, "Oh God, is this going to have a laugh at the end of it?" That you start like you speed it up too much, or you like um, mm. you don't deliver it how you should. And what what's been some of the like the 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 worst things that's happened when you've been on stage people shout out who the, who's that or um, yeah so i have the opening joke with um liam neeson where i go i don't know who you are i don't know what you want so that was my grandfather he has alzheimer's <laughs> that's my opening joke um but I leave, I leave like a big gap between or i used to leave a big gap between i don't know who you are i don't know what you want and three separate times somebody has shouted out, well, we don't know who you are either. (laughs) And the the worst thing about Heckle is when the whole audience enjoys it. But it's like, oh, I've had that Heckle three times now. I'm going to have to change it. So now I've, like, tweaked the timing so it's harder to um, do that. um, So, that that, yeah, there was one time where I did that. I got heckled with, we don't know who you are either. And they didn't stop laughing for two minutes. Oh, my God. And I hadn't said a joke that was funny yet. So it's like, crowd one, (laughs) me do <laughs> but at least you know the crowd is 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 can laugh so uh, so they sort of like it's it almost like a good icebreaker for something like that i suppose yeah yeah well just leave a huge gap waiting for something <laughs> <laughs> so so with tv i mean a lot of the stuff that you do is is from tv that's sort of quite new or, or or present have you ever wanted to do any of the i mean it's, it sounds terrible to think that, that you would do a frank spencer or do you know what i mean things from like like our 
um, generation, which yeah. again, the people, the, the impersonators that we know, that's what they did. Yeah, they yeah. did Frank Spencer and and Edward Heath and all these sort of people. Do you ever? How far back do you go? Um, I quite like voices that are probably not that era, but if you go a bit further back, then I quite like um, some of the really old actors. Who whose voice was I looking at the other day? Um, I can't remember what his name is, but he was a famous actor. Uh, sort of like the sort of. Um, 50s 60s like era like just uh charlie chaplin's voice when in the di- uh, the great dictator like yeah. i like those i really like um and uh i've got a couple of really niche impressions that barely anyone knows like do you know who alan watts is alan watts no no so he's this sort of like new age philosopher but it was still like quite a few years ago and he has a really nice voice so i just find myself doing that it's like there's no market value in this <laughs> but i really like doing the voice <laughs> you should do alan watts doing the lines from taken <laughs> and then people will go we don't know who you are and you go you're absolutely right <laughs> Okay, the no, there you no. oh, thank you very much thank you. you can have that one as well charlie see we're constantly <laughs> giving you stuff <laughs> right before we carry on we're going to play a little game okay you're very good with lines of dialogue so we're going to play carry or curtain okay. i'm going to give you a line of dialogue you need to tell me if it was carry or curtain that said it okay okay i'm not going to do them in the voices i'm just going to do them straight so here we go number one i reckon what we should do is forget about the whole thing to be honest um you say curtain. That was Kerry oh, talking God. to Mandy about the tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. Gunter loves Rachel, but Rachel doesn't give a shit about Gunter. <laughs> I'm going to have to say curtain. That sounds funnier coming out of curtain. It's not. That was curtain. Yeah. That was in the family loyalties episode. Uh, number three. You know that Luke Norris, he gets two grand to play football. Kerry. That was Curtin oh. in the Threatening Letters episode when he's chatting to Martin Mucklow uh, on the building site. Mm. So that's one out of three. Two more to Not go. Good. Two more to go. Here's the deal. You can have your little parish in Bristol or whatever, but you stay in the village to live. Carrie. That was Curtin as well. Oh, in, the, in the last episode when oh. the vicar tells them that they're going to leave. Final one. Final one to make the score a little bit more respectable. <laughs> uh, I think the best thing I can do in this situation is stay out of it. I'm not even trying to like link it out. I'm just trying to think what pattern you would go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go carry again. You can't it, do four curtains. It was curtain. It was <laughs> curtain. <laughs> in the vicar's son yeah, when he's talking gonna... about Jacob. I was gonna say four. Cur- I was gonna say curtain for everyone. I really should have done. Uh, you should have done. You got four out of five if you'd have done that. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. One out, one out of five right. isn't zero out of five. That's what That's I true. say. <laughs> That's the way I look at it positively. Good with dialogue. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not a complete whitewash, was it? Was it? No, whitewash? it wasn't a complete whitewash. Um, now. We've spoken to uh, all of our superfan guests and asked them about the uh, the US remake of this country. Okay. Um, how do you feel about it? What's your take on it? Um, I can't imagine it being that good. Like, I think um, it's like because it's so British. 
Like, uh, I'm gonna have to ask first. Uh, is it has it been made or? Uh, it's it just been works? no. It's in the works. It's just been commissioned for a 14 episode first series. 14 episodes. Yeah, uh, that immediately is uh, a bit of an alarm bell, isn't it? Um, thing is, I think what we like, well, uh, what I really like about this country is it's it is a very good observation of my own childhood in a like a small town in England and it is very British um, you can't help but think it's going to be more of an in-betweeners than it is the office uh, mm. in terms of a success um, and also it's that difference between American TV and uh, British TV so much of what I think is good which I kind of said before was the cast are all related and they've got such a good dynamic and it's written by them and it's uh, like uh, performed by them. I can't imagine that being replicated to the same level by a sort of writer's room style, like 14 episode season that the U S tends to do. But yeah, I guess that would be my opinion on it. What do you Mm. think? Well, I can remember thinking the same thing when I heard that the U S are doing a version of the office and I prefer, I, I love the American office. So I think it's better than the original. I know it's not a... I guess it depends uh, who they get in, because Steve Carell is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. well, it's it's Paul Feig is going to be directing it, uh, who did Bridesmaids and uh, Freaks and Geeks. And it's Jenny Bix is the head of the writer's room, I think, who wrote mm-hmm. Sex in the City, The Greatest Showman. Uh, so there's, there's good pedigree behind it. Okay. And it's... Um, the one casting that's a little bit weird, and I've forgotten his name. Neil, what's his name? Sean the... William Scott. Sean William Scott is playing the vicar. I so Stifler, yeah, Stifler from American Pie oh. is playing the vicar. So that, to me, yeah. looks like they're going to go for a completely different yeah. kind of dynamic uh, with someone who, like Sean. Who, who are Carrie and Kerr? Uh, they are two they're sort of... Uh, unknowns, aren't they? Yeah, relatively yeah. unknown. Um, and Which it's probably... Probably a good thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah. They don't. You don't want anybody really that you know. But it's Kelly and Shrub Mallet are their names instead of Kerry and Curtin Mucklow. Oh, that's their names of. Um, that's the names of the characters. characters. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm going to keep an open mind because, like you say, the hit and miss ratio in America to British shows is not very good. Yeah. But. I'm hoping that, it, like you say, it's an office, not an in between or, or an IT crowd. Yeah, Peep Show as well. I think uh, that was. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. When, uh, it is my worry that it is, like you say, like you said, it's so British. That how yeah. do they how do they Americanize it? How do they move it? Thing is, with the offices, the office environment is pretty universal. Whereas yeah. the small town upbringing in England, I think is very different to the small town. Like, I'm not saying that some things won't translate, but like, um, just things like, uh, when Curtin's playing Warhammer and things like that, like, <laughs> that those are things that you can instantly, you're laughing mm. at because, <laughs> well, I used to play Warhammer and things like that. Yeah. Um, It'll so... just go to being D&D, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we spoke to uh, Julie Brister, who's an actress uh, from Los Angeles, and she was saying that the one thing she's going to find hard, that is that what's going to be hard to translate, is the fact that every village and town in England has a church and a vicar, whereas every small town in America has, like, 
seven churches all down the street you know and so what are they going to how are they going to do that you know every every street corner has a church of some kind of um faith or whatever so i don't know like i say we just need to keep an open mind i think and uh um yeah we just have to see how it goes again talking of this country have you ever tried to do any of the the voices from this country uh not like i've never like sat down and tried to do them but i have like when I've been talking about it, I do slip into their att- attempted voices. Like, I think I know how I would go about it. Like, um, I was... Yeah, I think some of the mannerisms and body language, particularly of Curtin, would be, like, that sort of frenetic energy that he has when he's, like, pacing up and down <laughs> and, like, pointing his finger <laughs> and, like, you're good. <laughs> and, uh, and then Kerry, like, sort of, like, when she's got that um, look on her face, which is sort of... She's very pleased with herself. Like, I would try and use those if I was going to, like, sit down and do the impressions. Mm. Uh, what would Kerry... Yeah, Kerry's like... <laughs> Where she's got that... Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, it's difficult to explain her <laughs> facial expression. <laughs> yeah. I resume, but... Um, yeah. That would be interesting. I'd be oh, interested... Actually, no, I'd say, like, I've sort of done, like, Martin Mucklow. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to try? Yeah, yeah. go on, yeah. yeah. Um think of the line um <clears throat> i got caught peeping their care i tell a lie i, I got caught peeping one more time <laughs> very good very good very good indeed so so with your your um impersonations have you ever managed to get yourself anything decent like on the phone as a person sorry what do you mean uh, well i mean in regards to or if you've spoken to somebody where they can't see your face and you've done a voice mm-hmm. like you must at a restaurant. yeah yeah get a good get, get a good or, or get some free swag because people think that it's morgan freeman and <laughs> i've got an embarrassing one where it went the other way where um i went i was uh, in new zealand and we went to hobbiton and uh the guy who was on the like the backpacking bus behind me was like, "Oh, you go, go and do go do the uh, do the Gandalf voice when you when you go and buy your ticket." And I was like, no, "I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it." All right. And then I ended up doing it. So I did. I was like, "One ticket for Gandalf." <laughs> <laughs> and then she just uh, looked at me like, "Yeah, here's your ticket." And was like, and then uh, I was like, "What up?" I was like, and then he went and asked. Him, was like, "Yeah, I've uh, I've not seen Lord of the Rings." <laughs> <laughs> the one person in the world that's not seen Lord of the Rings. Some works there. <laughs> works at the Hobbiton theme park. Oh my god! Yeah. So it's have you ever fire. have you ever actually like like dressed up as well as as the character when you're doing a voice, or is it mainly just the voices that you do? Um, I've steered further away from that. Like I think it's like, I mean, it's a, sort of a throwback to the more like it's a little bit tacky now to like dress up with like wigs and stuff I, what i find with costumes is they either have to be really good or really bad mm. don't want them. so you either want like one thing that like tells you it's that character that's like really crappy and homemade or it has to be like hollywood style prosthetics um so you don't want to like tread that middle ground because it just looks it just looks like a grown man in uh <laughs> playing dress up otherwise uh, well in our day that's what it would it'd be a guy on stage with a box 
with yeah, different with different wigs, yeah. and you go oh, tonight. I'm going to be Margaret Thatcher. Hello, and then after that, that, that wasn't my mark. If you do that now, people just be like, oh, it's a bit like a bit dated. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, See, I told you, Pav, you can't go out doing that. <laughs> <laughs> told you. My <laughs> career, my career in the theatre is now over. I shall have but, to go and put the. Puts his snake wig away. I do. <laughs> I do. Tonight was the night. I was going to use it, and I failed miserably. Um, so are there any more um, uh, people that you want to actually nail and get right? We said about uh, Tom Hanks earlier on. Yeah. Have you got any more that you're working on? I mean, I'm going to have to try and do Joe Biden, I think. Um, like, well, hopefully I'll have to do Joe Biden. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> um, who would do I do like i should do more um i want to go away a bit from just doing covering an entire tv show so i want to do a few more of those people that everyone in britain knows um louis through for example i think has got a nice interesting voice um and some obvious comedic potential um, Mm. that he could go with um who else uh I i tend to do old men um, so, <laughs> <laughs> which would you, you to take out context uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna snip that little bit of audio if that's all right <laughs> that's the trailer um, yeah yeah I, I tend to do old men i told, tend to do old men um stop saying it stop saying it <laughs> <laughs> is that because they've usually got a deeper voice and you can bring it down and yeah i also think they have more interesting voices personally like i i'm always more drawn to those kind of voices, the sort of old, older Shakespearean, uh, Shakespeare trained, uh, classically trained actors. Um, oh, so we'll be looking forward to a good John Gilgood and Olivier. Yeah, like I think like uh, a lot of the older British ones are like have really nice voices. Um, but I should probably just do some more that like uh, it's, it's quite difficult because you want to choose ones that you think will be in the public eye. You want to be the first one to them, but also in the public eye for the next couple of years. So I tried, as soon as Eddie Redmayne got Fantastic Beasts, I put like a solid like amount of work in on that. And he is like very much in the public eye, but he didn't quite go to, I thought he was going to go like stratospheric mm. and just be in everything. Um, but no, so how do, you, do you still do his voice? Uh, sort of. Like, um, do you want me to give it a go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, wow. I, I mean, this, uh, this is uh, really quite interesting. I, I know, I, I know. It's just, those, it's just those little titterings. <laughs> very good, very good. It's, it's just, I don't know. Because you've, you've naturally got quite a deep voice, haven't you? So yeah. do you sort of steer too deep? I mean, like, you wouldn't do a Joe Pasquale, would you? I mean, that's not... No, like, I try not to do comedians as well. The only comedian that I do is Robin Williams uh, because he's sort of, well, he sort of straddles the three different creative things, but mm. um, because I don't know, I always feel like it's too close to a tribute act if I'm doing comedians. Um, not, not so that like, I, I still like some of the comedians voices and I saw a very good James A. Caster on Twitter. Um, like, but yeah, I, I prefer to do actors than comedians. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like doing um, comedians on stage. <laughs> Because then, if they're if they're the next one on the bill, then uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the management thinks shit. We didn't have to pay the actual comedian. We could have just had him do it for another twenty minutes. Yeah. We're going to give your fee uh, to <laughs> a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Oh dear. Um, right, just could you just finish off with a little bit of Morgan Freeman because I I, 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 I think uh? I got a request for that with Morgan Freeman. Could you yeah. um, just give a shout out sure. for our social media and our website address as Morgan Freeman? <laughs> you yeah. cheeky fucker! <laughs> Usually, I'll be like, uh, yeah, he was saying this would be a hundred, two hundred quid for this. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. yeah. So what um, I would normally say is you for? find us on all the social media sites at This Country Pod. Okay, This Country Pod. Um. <laughs> well, uh, you can find us on all social media at This Country Pod. Super. You can email us at... Oh, for fuck's sake, Neil! <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm absolutely joking. Oh, mate, that is, no, that's that is fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. That is fantastic. Charlie, um, good luck with everything. I mean, honestly, we'll put a link to your YouTube channel in the in the show notes. Um, so everybody go and uh, watch his videos and please subscribe. And um, and just keep keep doing it. I, I'm just fascinated to hear what your curtain muckler would be once you've got that sorted out. I think that's going to be fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, keep it. Uh, and I'll, I'll go uh, bone up on the uh, the <laughs> this country dialogue next time. Indeed. Right, Neil. Do you want to finish off the rest of your stuff before getting Absolutely. our guests to prostitute their talents all the time? For Christ's sake. <laughs> Run when that by me we... next time. I'm going to slap your legs when next time I get to see you. When else do we get Morgan Freeman? <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. Uh, ne- next week you have Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> next week. Can we, just, can we just get this redone? Can yeah. Email us with any questions that you have or anything you'd like to ask us at wtafthiscountry@hotmail.com. And also, please go to our website, wtafpodcast.com, where you can still get tickets for our last live show, fingers crossed, next May 21. May 21. Indeed. May 2021 is our last show. Please come and buy tickets and come and see us live. There you go. And also, don't forget, you can become a a Patreon peeper. Just go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Be like Chris Arkle. He's now a lethal peeper. Um, And there's loads of different rewards and different tiers. So uh, patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Thank you once again, Charlie. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, Take care. Please stay safe. And uh, hopefully the lockdown and, uh, yeah, sort the Joe Biden uh, one out as well, because uh, that might just push it all completely over the line and everything <laughs> will be... The world will be back to normal in some ways. <laughs> uh, Neil, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pablo. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is, like, the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. 
the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. 